It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. Well, I made it to episode 10. Let's get this started. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Practice may not make perfect, but that is getting easier. I have a pretty standard episode for you today. We're going to dive into finding the correct blackjack strategy strategy chart, (laughs) easy for me to say, in the core concepts segment. The casino wisdom for this episode discusses a rookie mistake from a couple of points of view. We are off to our favorite casino again this weekend, and Mrs. TRG had to remind me to use my own lessons to get it set up. The VIP Lounge today is a story about me failing and contains a lesson. So if you normally skip the stories, you might want to give me a few extra minutes for this episode. Let's do the core concepts. Today I want to look at another aspect of learning a game with a house minimum advantage. I've talked about using basic strategy to play blackjack in a couple of previous episodes. I want to discuss changes to basic strategy due to the rules of the table. As it relates to strategy and table rules, most people don't realize that blackjack basic strategy is not a one-size-fits-all monolith. Rules vary from casino to casino or even from table to table within a casino. Don't freak out, don't don't panic. This is something to know, not something to fear. Let me give you some real world examples. Pre-pandemic at my local casino, all of the following versions of blackjack were offered. $10 blackjack with a six to five payout, eight decks, machine shuffled, the dealer hits soft 17. 15 and $25 blackjack with three to two blackjack payout, Eight decks machine shuffled, dealer hits soft 17. $25 blackjack with a 3-2 blackjack payout, hand shuffled, no mid-shoe entry. Two deck, dealer hits soft 17. And $100 blackjack with a 3-2 blackjack payout, six decks, machine shuffled, dealer stands on all 17s, no mid-shoe entry. Don't get too tangled up in this. Just know I've arranged these from horrible to great. The $10 tables are ridiculous. No thinking person should ever play them. Have I mentioned I really hate six to five blackjack tables? Um, and, and the $100 tables are great. So as I said, six to five doesn't even deserve discussion. Don't play it. This particular casino, when it opened, had only 15 and $25 options and people kept asking over and over for a $10 option. So the house's solution was to offer a group of tables with a $10 bet and horrible rules. But these tables are often very busy with people who either don't know or don't care, or people that just want fun 
or action, and they don't really care about winning. The $15 or $25 tables that pay three to two are very playable tables. You can have plenty of success using these techniques at a table like that. The rest progress from better to best. As you can see, increasing your bet size gets you more favorable rules. And if you're going to play that big, you're foolish not to play with the best possible rules. Why would you play $200 a hand blackjack at a six to five dealer stands on all 17 table? It, it just makes no sense. You're putting yourself at a disadvantage and a significant disadvantage compared to just going into the high limit room and playing your $200 hands with great rules and a very, very, very minute house advantage. Anyway, sorry. Here's the important point. Each of these rule sets has a matching strategy chart. As the rules change, the plays on the chart also change. Now, you can get away using an eight deck dealer hit soft 17 chart in any four, six, or eight deck game. And you're not gonna get hurt in any meaningful way. You will maybe end up playing one hand wrong every 10 or 12 hours. It is not statistically or financially significant. But playing an eight deck game with a two deck strategy chart will produce a meaningful number of mistakes fairly quickly and vice versa. The eight deck chart at a two deck game will make a complete mess. So funny story, when this casino first opened, they sold strategy charts in the gift shop. And I kept seeing people look at the card and then make just like really strange, ridiculous plays. So I finally asked someone if I could see one. And when I look at the chart, it says across the top, clear as day, single deck blackjack. This casino doesn't even offer single deck blackjack. Now I assume that this was done by the casino out of ignorance. They were brand new all after all, and that it was not done out of malice. But it makes the point, have the right chart for the right game, at least be in the ballpark. Now you don't need to memorize all of this. As I said, learn the chart for the eight deck game with the dealer hitting soft 17. And don't play one or two deck games. You're not missing very much in terms of opportunity. But you do need to be aware of this. And I want you to know how to find the correct charts if you want them. Generally speaking, I'm trying not to promote anyone who isn't paying me for a promotion. But I'm gonna make an exception because I think this is that important. WizardofOdds.com is an awesome resource for learning all things gambling. They have a page where you can put in a set of blackjack rules and a correct chart is displayed for those specific rules. So use the website to print the eight deck dealer hit soft 17 chart. And remember other charts are available. If you find yourself mostly playing a different set of rules because that's what is offered at your casino of choice, go back to the website and print the best possible chart for your game. I mentioned last week that I was going to start carrying a library of strategy charts because the rules vary from state to state. And that makes sense for me because I sometimes play in three different states with three different sets of rules in a very short period of time. For many of you, that won't be a concern. But now you know where to get a strategy chart and you know that you need the correct chart. And in casino combat, knowing is half the battle. Next, today's casino wisdom.
Today we are going to discuss Casino Wisdom number 14. Don't tip away your win. If you didn't know, casino dealers rely on tips from players. Like waitresses in a restaurant, they receive a very small hourly wage and earn the rest of their money in tips. Usually, the tips are split across the shift or across the entire team. So that if a dealer gets assigned to a table that is empty for most of the day, it isn't a paycheck killer for them. Other dealers are collecting tips and they'll get their share. As a player, when you tip a dealer, you're basically tipping all the dealers. So you need to tip. You just need to tip in a smart way. So a quick side story. Since tipping any dealer is tipping all dealers, sometimes if I have a big win, I'll get five $5 chips as I'm leaving the, the table and I'll give my dealer one last $5 tip and say thank you. And then as I walk toward the cage, I'll just stop at random tables and tip $5 and say thank you. It's always well received, although sometimes it surprises other players at that particular table. One time as I'm walking away, a player asks the dealer, why is he tipping you? you didn't, he didn't even play. Her response was classic. She just looked at him and said, I'm just that good. <laughs> anyway, look, tipping can be done in several ways. You can put a chip on the table near the dealer and say thank you, or that's for you. You can place a bet near your bet, usually kind of on the line around the betting circle, and that's known to be a bet for the dealer. If you win the hand, they will pay the bet, that you made for them and they'll pay you your money and then they'll collect their money and drop it in a bin. You can also tip as you're leaving the table. Generally speaking, pick what you like, mix or match, doesn't matter. I've certainly been at tables where over the course of a couple hours I've done all three in, in one session. Dealers always appreciate tips but they don't get particularly upset if someone losing quickly doesn't tip. So your tips need to match the level of success. Let me say that again. Your tips need to match your level of success. And likewise, while most dealers won't show it, from conversations I've had, they do get annoyed when a player has a great run and doesn't tip anything. In fact, a dealer was just telling me the other day, after a, a customer left, that when I kind of just sat down, that he came in with $500, played like a fool, needed her help with everything, left with $3,000 and didn't tip anything. <laughs> don't do that. I mean, really just don't do that, right? Look, a tip of no less than $25 was warranted here and maybe as much as 100 If you're leaving the table in that situation and you haven't tipped anything, stop for a minute and tip something. Say thank you. <laughs> they just put $2,500 of extra money in your pocket. So match your tips to your success but also match your tips to your wager size. If you are playing $15 as your base bet, a $250 or $5 tip once or twice a shoe is more than appropriate. You're being generous. I mean, unless you're just winning, 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 winning. And even if you are, still be careful not to tip away your win. I've seen people tip away their wins in a couple different ways. The first is someone starts a shoe super hot, winning hand after hand, and they tip every time they win. And then the back half of the shoe happens and things get ugly. And they are quickly down to just a few chips. If they had held on to those tips until they saw the outcome, or just made one or two tips, they would have ended the shoe in a strong position. The other thing I see is people who are playing a very modest wager amount, but tipping $5 on every hand. Now look, it's not unusual for you to play 50 hands in an hour. 
So that's $250 an hour in tips. At $15 per hand, you have to have amazing consistent success to make money for yourself and tip $250 an hour. If you do this, you are tipping away your win. Frankly, tipping $250 an hour makes winning at a $50 table a challenge. The final way I see this happen deserves its own story. Earlier this year, I was playing with a great young man, very personable, and he is playing and winning. He won like during an entire shoot. Maybe he lost 10 hands or less, and he's happy, and he's tipping, and we get to the end of the shoot, and he counts his stacks, and he has had maybe 40 bucks. And he looks at me for a minute, and he says, you seem to understand this. Why am I only up 40 bucks? And I said, when you made the $15 bet and got a blackjack, you tip 250 of your win, then you put a $5 bet out for the dealer, you and the dealer lost that bet, then you put another $5 bet out on the next hand because you felt bad that she didn't get paid on the first tip. You tipped 1250 of a $22.50 win, and you lost $15 on your hand after the blackjack. You did things like that over the course of the whole shoe. You tipped away your win. That's where this wisdom was written. Happy news. He played several more shoes with me. He didn't win at that rate again that day, but he did adjust his tipping and, and managed to leave with a reasonable profit. I want you to tip, but remember casino wisdom number 14 and don't tip away your wins. The next segment is the travel segment. School's starting soon, and that's going to make longer trips difficult for Mrs. TRG. So we wanted to get to that Caesars property that we really like one more time. We think enough time has passed since our failed visit that things probably should be back to normal. So when I checked the website early in the week, we had a comp available for Thursday, but they were sold out for Friday. And so I start looking to add a second hotel casino on the way home or in the area or, or something to make a two-day trip. And I'm spinning my wheels mentally and explaining to Mrs. TRG why it just doesn't look like things are going to work. And as I'm going through all this, she says, can't you just call a host and see if they can do something? <laughs> Isn't that what you teach? Look, it is. I used that approach with Bubba a few weeks earlier. And for whatever reason, I just wasn't on my A game that day, or I wasn't fully focused on, and doing other things. The result of that call is informative. So I reach a host. I don't admit that, that I know they're sold out for Friday. And I say, we'd like to come down Thursday night and Friday night. Can you, can you uh, help us with a reservation? So he looks things up and says, you know, Thursday's no problem. We're happy to have you. I'll get that all set up, but I'm sorry. We're sold out for Friday. And I say, no, no, okay, I understand. Don't, don't set up that for Thursday. We'd love to come. We love your property. But it's a, a five-hour drive for us, and we just don't enjoy doing five-hour drives on back-to-back -back days. This is where it gets informative and where I should have been headed from the beginning. As I said, not on my A game. So as I say the word we, he asks if the person coming with me has a reward card. And I say, sure, my wife's coming with me. And he asks for her number and looks things up and says, you know, we can squeeze you in on Friday if you would be okay with two queens instead of a king. Now, this is that classic casino. Yes, I can if you respond. And you get those sometimes. And in this case, 
the if you part is, is pretty minor. So thanks to Mrs. TRG, I relearned Casino Wisdom number 77. If you don't ask, you don't get. And what happened here is that my action wasn't enough for a host that didn't know me very well to give up one of the rooms they were holding back for last minute rewards players. But add in Mrs. TRG's actions, and then they're more than happy to set things up. And while I never explicitly ask, he comped both days and the resort fees. We had a great visit. Everything and everyone was wonderful, but the, the cards were rough and choppy. We did manage to leave with an extra two days pay and pay our expenses. And now we're going to do a trip to the VIP lounge and a different VIP lounge at that. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Today we're using a great VIP lounge in Tunica. This is a, a two-level affair with a bar and a heavy hors d'oeuvre station on the first floor along with some seating and then a spiral staircase up to a large loft which is decorated with signed guitars. The bar inventory here is amazing. The bottom shelf would have been the third shelf in most of the bars I've been in. You could have done a vodka, bourbon, or scotch tasting here and had just a ton of high-end choices to compare. In fact, if I recall, myself and a new friend did exactly that with the bourbons the second night of our stay. Regrettably, since we are not using the standard Casino Combat VIP lounge today, we have no locally crafted sodas or artisanal pop. But we do have water and a variety of grocery store soft drinks. Find something you like and let's share a story. You may remember I've remarked that good stories don't start with, so we had a salad and went home early. And there are some negative stories like that, where they go, I went in, I lost, and I left. And I see no point in telling those. No one's interested, no one's informed. But I, I do find value in stories where negative things happened if they, if they show a lesson. Now, there's no lesson to be learned in, I went, I lost, I left. Actually, you were smart. You know all the lessons. So allow me to share a neat experience that taught me a lesson and at the same time ended up with something of, of better value in terms of a memory. Hopefully you're informed by it too. So I'm young and my employer is sending me to California for work. They give me money to buy a plane ticket and told me where to stay on Sunday night and where to report for work on Monday. So I, of course, booked a Friday flight to Las Vegas and a hotel room and a rental car along with a flight to California on Sunday night. I maybe spent 50 bucks of my own money. I mean, corporate America in the 90s was great. <laughs> anyway, I stay off strip to save money because I have a rental car and because I have relatively meager means, I head to downtown Las Vegas because they'll have lower table limits. So I play some blackjack at a $10 table, uh, maybe at the Four Queens or the Plaza. I don't really remember. It's not really part of the story. But I win 600 bucks. And mentally, I'm just, yeah, wow, great, let's go. Um, and in my experience, Vegas has a way of humbling you if you're not careful. And I was still very much a rookie. So I leave that casino, and I decided to take $200 out of that 600 
stuff the rest deep in my pocket, and I, and I go across the street to the horseshoe. This was about double my normal buy-in. So, of course, I decided to play big and probably was betting over my bankroll right from the beginning. See, I was a winner, folks, and I was going to leave town a winner because it was all in my pocket, and I didn't really care about that $200, but I was going to leave a $400 winner. So I win a few hands, lose a few hands, but I still got more than half of my buy-in in front of me, and for whatever reason, I decide to make a $100 bet, the first $100 bet I'd ever made. I ended up playing the hand absolutely correctly, which in this case meant three splits and two doubles, a total of $500 on the table. And at this point, not much of a win is left in my pocket. I lost all three hands, all $500, and I'm pretty deflated. And so I get up from the table, and as I'm walking toward the door, a man in a suit and a cowboy hat introduces himself. His last name was Binion, but I don't remember his first name, and I wish I did. But he says, that's a tough one, kid, hard to handle. And I say, yes, I should have thought more about that before I made the bet. He hands me his card and says, go back to the coffee shop, give this to them, get yourself a steak, it's on me. It was both a perceptive and kind thing for him to do. After that, as long as the Binions owned the horseshoe, if I was in town, I stopped by for a shoe or two. I learned a real lesson about money and emotional management that day. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at CasinoCombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at CasinoCombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it doesn't matter. Please share with your friends and family. Goodbye, everyone.